and welcome to the Creative Soul Podcast. I'm your host, Leah Van Doren, and in this podcast, I talk with some of the most creative and inspiring people that I know. From hearing about their process to what holds them back from creating, routines and rituals, to the intersection between creativity and spirituality, you'll hear from writers, actors, singers, dancers, musicians, painters, multi-passionate creatives, and anyone else who considers themselves a creative soul. Hi everyone, welcome back. We are back this week with another interview and I'm excited to introduce my guest to you this week, Kelly Collins. Kelly is a yoga teacher, a spiritual coach and trusted advisor to women who are burnt out, uninspired in their career or relationships and feel disconnected from their true selves. Kelly supports clients through a holistic life audit and provides actionable spiritual tools, all while using her celebrated methodology, SoulSpark. Within a month, clients have stronger relationships, feel more fulfilled in work, have a greater sense of self-trust, and report feeling a special spark. Kelly's signature coaching has captured the attention of 3.5 million readers on her blog, paleohacks.com, and her highly regarded podcast, SoulSpark, with Kelly Collins. Kelly and I actually connected a couple of months ago because I was interviewed on her podcast, The Soul Spark Podcast, um, which you can check out our conversation on. It was a very fun one talking about creativity and spirituality and all of that fun stuff. And so it was really cool to kind of flip the mic and interview her and hear more about her story. And in this episode, she shares her wisdom with us and talks about the chakra system. And so... If you don't know what the chakra system is, you are about to get a masterclass on each of the chakras, what they are and what each of them represents, practices that you can work with to strengthen each one, how to tell when a chakra is out of balance, how to bring it back into balance, and some mantras and affirmations that you can work with for each chakra. I love this episode so much because it's a lot more informational than our usual interview style, but Kelly really is a wealth of knowledge and gives us so many tips on how to connect with the chakras. And I encourage you as you're listening and maybe as you're learning some new information or old information, maybe to really be aware of if you're drawn to a certain chakra, if one really like catches your eyes. I think it was really a cool experience for me to have this interview with Kelly because as she was going through each chakra, I was feeling like my chakras align as we were talking about them. And even as she was bringing up each one, I would remember specific circumstances in my life where I felt like, you know, it was out of balance or or conversely, I felt like it was really imbalanced. So it would be a cool thing while you're listening and while she's giving us this overview of each chakra to pay attention to which ones you feel automatically drawn to or connected with and kind of explore that and see what that relationship might be. And then also, you know, how this can all relate to your own life and how you can really connect with the chakras to just use it as another tool in your toolkit to feel balanced and to feel like you're really living a life in ease and in alignment and in flow. And Kelly has some awesome resources for us. Um, She has a little chakra cheat sheet that I'm putting in the show notes, as well as a meditation that she's offering for us. And then also some more information about her upcoming women's group program, Soul Spark Academy. I will also put that in the show notes and I believe that is starting this week. So if you're interested in checking that out, definitely schedule a call with Kelly and connect with her. We'll put all of her information in the show notes. And without further ado, enjoy this conversation with Kelly Collins. Hi Kelly, thanks so much for coming on the Creative Soul podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I loved that breath. Yes, just a moment to like drop in ground connect. It's, it's like, yeah. it's crazy how much it doesn't take any time, but it's so important. So thank you for doing that with me. Yeah. It truly is like the quickest thing that we can do to just center and ground ourselves. So yeah. Love that. yeah. Yeah. So the first question that I ask everyone when they come on is what is currently fueling your creative soul? Oh gosh. <laughs> I love it. I would just say my work is what's feeling my creative soul right now. It's funny. I was telling someone the other day, I, my creativity is like at an all time high. Like it's just so much coming up all the time. And I, I truly believe it's because I'm in alignment with my purpose Mm -hmm. and 
I think that, you know, whatever brings that creative spark and that joy shows us what our purpose is. And so I think it's, that's, what's really fueling it all right now. And I'm truly loving everything that I'm doing and I'm really inspired. So I would have to say it's my work. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so cool to hear. And just the way, like you just kind of said that from a really grounded dropped in place, you can tell like, Oh, okay. That's what it feels like to be aligned. And so I'm curious, like how, how did you find your work? What do you do? And how did you get started doing what you do? Yeah. Well, you know, one of my favorite things to do for myself and for my clients. And when I talk to people on my podcast, we might've, I think we talked about this when you came on my podcast is just look back at the journey and see how it like kind of every little step led to where we are at now. And my journey did really start from, you know, my first memories of life. I've always been really into movement. And as a kid, I loved like fruit and that sort of thing. I mean, I also loved like junk food too. So (laughs) I'm not saying that I, I don't love my snacks and stuff too, but from a young age, I was really into wellness, I guess, but mostly it was like physical wellness, like movement. And I think I did like every sport under the sun, but soccer and gymnastics and then cheerleading really stuck with me. And so I was doing that all through my childhood. And then when I was in high school, I had my cheer, one of my cheer coaches was a personal trainer and I just got along with her so well. And she really inspired me. And she was just this like beautiful soul, like inside and out. And So I went to college, I came back my first summer and I, she got me a job at LA fitness, which is a California like gym chain. I think, I don't know if they have them other places, but they're definitely in Southern California. So I started selling personal training when I'm like 18 years old. And through that, I started actually like training people and teaching them how to work out so that I could sell them personal training. So that inspired me when I went back to school to change my major to kinesiology and to start teaching group fitness classes and get my personal training certification. So I got into helping people this way when I was like 18 and, and throughout college, I did that. And when I graduated, I continued personal training at, at a fancy gym in San Diego. And I eventually, after a couple of years quit and decided to just start my own business. So that was kind of like the beginning of my entrepreneurial self, but it's interesting because as all of this is going on, I had also, when I was a teen developed disordered eating, so it was on and off. And, and while being in the fitness industry helped me in some ways, it was also detrimental in other ways. And, you know, so after years of, of being in fitness and helping others, but also having my own private struggle that I felt a lot of shame around. I, no one knew what I was going through. It was very internalized. I one wanted to get my yoga certification because I wanted to be able to bring that to my clients, add something to like my repertoire, you know, but on the other hand, I just like had this knowing inside that I needed to figure something out because this struggle was just up and down and up and down. And I had this really mean girl in my head, you know, always telling me I wasn't good enough if things weren't perfect and nothing was ever perfect enough. And always telling me that I was ugly and fat and all of this stuff. And it was just, you know, mean and ridiculous. And I was so harsh on myself. So I was like, it would be really good to learn how to meditate you know, something's got to give and therapy wasn't really a big thing at that time. Now it's great because therapy is more normalized, but, but at that time it wasn't. And so anyway, I decided to go to Bali and do my 200 hour yoga teacher training certification. And it was just so powerful. Like, you know, I remember that first day we learned how to meditate and I was like, Oh, so this is what it is. And of course you're in this, this beautiful tropical place. And But what I think was the big kicker for me was that I was able to separate myself from my day to day. I was able to take myself out of this like hamster wheel of pressure and stress and, and all of that, and just sit with myself and connect with myself. And that's not something I had ever done. You know, I never let myself be quiet and being alone was really scary and 
And I was all, you know, I was teaching like spin classes a bunch of times a week. Like I was going hard all the time. So it was just really powerful. And, and I was able to connect with this community of women on there and, and talk about what I was struggling with and just the simple fact of speaking about what I had been holding in for so long was so freeing for me. And it was just so powerful. And I came back under really stressful circumstances. Actually, my dad had a heart attack while I was out there. I came back a little early because of it. And luckily he he's okay. He's still here with us today. It was funny because that was probably the scariest moment of my life while I was having kind of the most magical moment of my life at the same time. Wow. And those tools that I had just learned over a couple of weeks helped me so much. And so I came back and it was challenging, but we got through it and, and yeah, that was six and a half years ago. And I just, since then, like I, I dove in after my dad got well, dove into teaching yoga and into my own spiritual yoga practice and really learning yoga philosophy, which is the basis of all I teach. Now I teach yoga, but I'm also a spiritual coach and Mm -hmm. everything I coach is really based off of yoga philosophy and then everything else I've learned along the way. But yeah, so that's how I got here. Kind of a wild ride. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. What a, it's so cool to hear you talk about like how the movement aspect of it was so important for you, even as a child And like how that kind of led you, you know, doing personal training, but then, you know, finding yoga, what you probably thought was just maybe like another form of movement or maybe, you know, some, some things that can help. And thank you for sharing about your, you know, that, that those kind of disordered eating too. Cause I mean, I think especially back then it was, you know, nobody was talking about that. And like, thank goodness. Now people are much more open Mm -hmm. about that kind of stuff and just want to thank you for sharing that. Cause I know that can be yeah, it's not easy to talk about, you know, some of that harder stuff. And so I'm curious, like, you know, after kind of dipping your toes in and really having this like magical experience while using the tools in real time, how were you able to like transition that from personal training to a career in coaching? And like, what did that look like? Yeah. So we just skipped over like the whole last six and a half years. And yeah, just going back real quick, what I do love about how yoga has been westernized is that this physical practice is what draws people in, but then you end up getting so much more because yoga isn't, we know it's not just a physical practice. It's a way of living. And there's like principles for living and treating yourself and treating others. And it's just beautiful. And harmonizing and balancing and all of that. So, so yeah, how did I get from there to here? So I, I came back, I continued personal training for a long time. Um, as I transitioned to teaching yoga full-time, which has turned into spirituality, but yeah, I, you know, at one point I managed a yoga studio. I started doing retreats. I owned a retreat company for a bit. We did international retreats around the world, like adventure yoga retreats, which was really fun. And then I stopped doing that business. I still do retreats now, which we've talked about a bit, but I, they're very specific for women and healing and and all of that versus back then it was more right. I'm like, I was transitioning from this very physical way of working and living. So I was doing these like adventure and yoga retreats. Right. And then along the way, it's just, I was developing my own practice and learning more and more and more. And it's just kind of developed over time. Right. And so after I ended the yoga and adventure retreat business, I decided to rebrand my, what used to be Kelly Collins fitness. I had stopped focusing on that. and was just doing like the yoga and the retreats. So I rebranded that to Kelly Collins wellness. And I really just started taking my passion for the mind and the body and the soul and fusing them together and trying to teach people what I now call spiritual wellness, which we'll talk about the chakras. I think we said it'll, it'll all make a lot more sense then. But to me, spiritual wellness, isn't just like meditation and, and spirituality. It does include the body and the mind and Mm. the emotional state of being, because without those pieces, you know, balanced and, having some dedication to them, our spiritual practice won't be as, as deep as it could be, right? If we're not, if we don't have physical health, it's going to be hard to feel good and to share our gifts and our creativity with the world. If we're not feeling good in our body and in our mind, the spiritual aspect is going to be really challenging and then vice versa, right? So they all truly do go hand in hand. We are made up of 
this physical body, but really what it is, is our soul having this human experience. So if we can remember that we have all these parts to ourselves, including that, the, the energy, the soul, the, all of that, you know, and we, if we focus on all of them, we can find like optimal well-being, optimal fulfillment Mm -hmm. and optimal, you know, an optimal way of showing up in life. I hope that makes sense. <laughs> totally. Yeah. That makes total sense. And like just that mind, body, soul connection, it's, it's so important. Cause I think either people that are really physically focused, they kind of, you know, tend to forget the mind part or people who are really mind focused tend to forget the physical. And it's important to remember that like, it's about kind of merging them all together and you can't really have one without the other. And I, I'm curious for you, like, I think, and I think we maybe talked about this on your podcast, but like you're either the moment of your like spiritual awakening like do you feel like there was that a moment like or was it that experience in bali or like was there some other kind of experience where you maybe felt like this other world opened up that you previously like w- weren't aware of yeah i mean i definitely pinpoint my spiritual awakening to when i went to bali and i learned meditation, when I learned breath work, when I learned actually what yoga was about that for sure. Like, cause I came back and like I said, it was a really challenging and terrifying time in my life, but I was lit up, you know, once the stuff with my dad settled down, I was like lit up and I had like a fire under my butt <laughs> and mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to teach yoga and I'm going to practice yoga like every day. And, it, you know, and, and we find those things. We all have those things in life where we we find it. And it's just like, this is what I need to be doing, you know? Oh, cool. Um, Felt that like alignment. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely pinpoint it to that moment. You know, it did take me a year and a half of thinking on going on that trip to actually go for it. And I always like to say, it's like the universe was like nudging me and nudging me and nudging me. Cause like, honestly, if I hadn't done that for myself, I'm sure I would have found my, I would have found my way eventually, but I would have continued to struggle with, with the the specific things I was struggling with. Not to say I don't struggle now with, with other things, but now I can do it with a lot more ease and trust and like grace than I could back then. I was very reactive, all of that, but the universe kept nudging me. And then I kept being like, Oh no, well, I, I can't afford it. I don't have time. I never really traveled on my own. So like I, that was an excuse. I kept like coming up with excuses. And then it was finally this moment where I just had to listen and then take that inspired action. It's like, you know, when you're getting nudged to something, there comes a point where you're like, okay, I just need to do this. I don't know why, but let's do it. You know? Wow. Yeah. I love hearing that. And I think that's an important part to include too, of like, you know, it's not like you just had the idea and then off you went. It was like that, you know, there is that period of kind of going back and forth of, is this right? Will I be okay? And kind of like, you know, resisting that jump off the cliff type thing, you know, jumping into the unknown. And so it's, it's cool to hear that, like it, it, you know, it took time, but ultimately, you know, you had to make the leap. Yeah. And I think anything in life that's going to really like transform things and make things, you know, or bring us closer into, you know, we've been talking about alignment. It's going to be scary. (laughs) And so having that trust and allowing yourself to like, because I think a lot of times our intuition talks to us and is like, do this. And our ego is like, no, 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 I'm perfectly happy and safe in my little bubble. Even if it's not like a happy bubble, it's like safety. And the idea of changing our ego is like, no, 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 no. You know? So that's why it's important. If we, if something keeps calling us and we have these fears coming up to sit with it, because most likely those fears are just the ego trying to protect you from the scariness of change, but that change is what's going to be a catalyst for, for you to evolve in your life and to grow as a soul and and all of that. And there's this really fun little exercise I like to do. Maybe I can give it to you guys. Oh, I would love that. Yes. It's really fast. Okay. So when you have a fear coming up, so say, say that let's pretend this is like me being like, I want to go to Bali and do my yoga training, whatever. I would like write that down on a piece of paper. And then I'd write worst case scenario. Okay. What's the worst case scenario. 
I get lost in Bali, I guess, or I lose my luggage or I'm broke or, you know, I move home with my parents. I mean, that wouldn't have really even happened either. Right. Best case scenario. Well, what happened, what did happen for me was the best case scenario. So I could have written down like, I'll start teaching yoga and I'll love it. And da, 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 da. And so then you get to look at, okay, this is the worst case scenario. This is the best case scenario. Is it worth it to risk that worst case scenario? Is the worst case scenario even that bad? And most of the time it's not. And most of the time it's worth it to go for it, you know, mm. and it can just make those fears seem a lot less daunting and scary. Totally. Yeah. I, I love that. It's so kind of like simple, but so profound because I think, like you said, it's the ego keeping us safe. Most of the time, our fears, you know, if, you know, maybe I'd be afraid to travel because maybe I'll get kidnapped or something like that. But it's like, then you kind of see the, you know, sure. And worst case, maybe that could happen. But like, I kind of believe if you're called to do something and obviously you have this calling to go to Bali, it's like, you have to trust that the universe will provide for you and will support you in that. And like, like you said that every lesson, every experience that you have is for your soul's growth. And so, yeah, those, those fears are just like trying to keep you small and trying to keep you safe. Yeah. And the ego's not bad, right? It, when we were cavemen, it literally did keep us safe. And, and for some people living in the world today, it is keeping them safe. You know, in, we live in the United States and, you know, I live in a nice area. I am physically safe all the time. That's not to say that everybody in the world is, and it's a privilege, right? But for the most part, we are physically safe in this like modern world. So yeah. The ego still serves a part to, to keep us physically safe, but we have to take a moment and look at it and be like, okay, is it really serving its purpose here? And if not, you know, let it go. <laughs> That's a good point. I'd love to, like we said, I want to kind of get into talking about the chakra system and maybe how you found your way into the chakra system and how it's helped you. And maybe if we can go through, if no one's ever heard of the chakras before, maybe we can go to like identifying each one and their certain qualities or things that they help us with. Yes. This is like my favorite, one of my favorite things. Yeah. The first time I heard of the chakras, it was in this yoga class and she was talking about the chakras and I was just like, what is this? This is amazing. <laughs> uh, so we talked earlier about, you know, the mind, body, soul connection, how important it is. So we have, there's different schools of thought with energy, right? And and the chakras are part of our energetic body. So we have our physical body and we also have our energetic body, which in yoga is known as the subtle body. And there's all these different aspects to our subtle body, but the chakras in particular are our energy centers. So in the specific school of thought that I follow, there are seven main chakras and they run from the base of the spine up the spine to the crown of the head. So right above the crown of the head. And going back to the mind, body, soul connection, each of the chakras governs specific physical, mental, and emotional and energetic qualities. And then all together, they create this like comprehensive picture of the human experience. So all together, they really govern everything we can go through physically, mentally, energetically, emotionally. So when you learn about the chakras and you don't have to be an expert in them, but when you kind of know what each one's about and what it's, what, you know, it goes along with, it can really give you an idea of when you are out of balance. And then there's tools for each one and practices that you can do to help them come into balance. So it just can become this really intuitive way of living and bringing yourself back into balance and doing deep healing that might be needed to be done. Mm. So they all are associated with a color. They are all associated with an element. Um, they all have like a specific sound that you can chant that goes with them. And they, you, there's like oils you can do for use for all of them, crystals, all of that woo woo stuff. And I'll kind of tell you some of the stuff as we go along. So maybe we'll start at the bottom. Okay. Yeah. So the first one is our root chakra, and it is located at the base of the spine. 
And this is the first of our chakras to develop. And it starts developing from the time we're in our mother's womb until we're a year, year and a half old. This chakra is really, really important because it's the foundation of our entire chakra system. And thus it's the foundation of our entire human experience. And it's really fascinating. I'm listening to this book right now. I want to recommend it to everybody. It's called What Happened to You? It's by Oprah and Dr. David. Perry, I think is his name. And he's a neuroscientist she's been working with for like 30 years. And it's all about trauma. And I was, I've been listening to it over the last week. And I was just like, oh my God, this perfectly matches with especially the lower chakras. Mm -hmm. So in our first two years of life, that's our most impressionable time because that's when our brain is forming. Right. So like I said, the root chakra is really like the most important chakra, if you will, I, they're all important, but again, it's our foundation and it's forming during that time that they were talking about in the book. Right. So our brain is forming and, and it makes a lot of sense because our nervous system's also forming. And this specific chakra is related to our stress response. So our adrenal glands, it's, it's also related to our sciatic nerve and our um, legs and our feet and, and it's the most of our earthly chakras. So it's, it's the element is earth is the one it's associated with. And so this is our center of feeling safe and secure in our physical experience. Mm -hmm. So, you know, safe and secure in the sense of having our needs met materially, like having food, having shelter, it's our connection to our body. It's our connection to finances. And, and if we have a healthy relationship with our financial health and our physical body. So when we're out of balance here, we might experience a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety. If you think of our adrenal glands, like if you've heard of adrenal fatigue, which I think most of us are familiar with at this point, that's when we like have gone too hard and we've burnt ourselves out physically. So that makes a lot of sense there. And I always like to say 2020, perfect example of a global root chakra imbalance, <laughs> right? Cause we were all scared. Yeah. Everything was uncertain. A lot of most people were scared at some point or another about their, you know, material financial needs being met. A lot of people lost their jobs. Yeah. A lot of people didn't know if they were going to lose their jobs and be able to afford their homes or food or other things like that. So so yeah, when we're out of balance here, it's a lot of fear, anxiety, disconnection from the body. All of the chakras can be out of balance in two ways. They can be blocked and, and kind of slow, deficient in energy, and they can be too fast. They can be excessive in energy. Oh, interesting. So that kind of makes a difference. I'm not going to go too much into that today, but, but Fear again, fear and anxiety are like the two big things that you'll see here again, disconnection from the body. So disordered eating, like I mentioned, and, and disordered eating, isn't just anorexia or bulimia or obesity. It can be on this like broad range of an unhealthy relationship with food and how you're nourishing your body. And then again, financial health. So it can be having trouble getting your financial needs met or saving money, holding on to money, you might spend it too fast. So those are like the main ones you'll see there. Does that make sense? Totally. That is like such a good explanation. I, you, yeah, you're a really good teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. So I think the quickest way that you can bring this, this one into balance is to go out in nature, put your bare feet on the ground, ground yourself, especially if you're feeling a lot of fear and you're feeling flighty and ungrounded, like go put your feet on the grass or on the sand or on the dirt and just connect with the earth. Mm. You know, when I go for a nature walk, at least once a week, there's this whole shift in my energy. You know, it's, it's amazing just how, just like one walk, like out of nature, away from your phone, away from wires, if you can, and all of that can make this huge shift in your energy and just like really ground you and help you to be like present in here. So that's a, a really good way, you know, earthy smelling oils are really grounding and good for this one. 
eating grounding foods like potatoes and root vegetables are really good for this one as well. And yeah, those are, those are like the main ones I would say also like strengthening your legs, like doing a leg workout is really grounding too. And, and this one is also the densest of the chakras. So just think like being really physical, really grounded, feeling gravity, like holding you to the earth. Those are really, really great practices for the root chakra. And actually, if you'd like, I can send you, I have these like little flashcards. I can send you as a PDF and people can access it. Oh, I would. Yeah. I would love that. We can maybe put that in the show notes. Awesome. Okay. So, oh yes. And all of them, you can use positive affirmations for to help bring them into balance. And I forgot to mention this earlier, but for me, my shift with, you know, going through my struggles with my body image and that mean girl in my head and my perfectionism and all of that, I started using mantra in my meditations. And as I would go throughout the day, if I noticed negative thoughts and beliefs about myself coming up, and that was really, really important for me in my journey to healing. So you can use affirmations for all of them. A really good one for this one would just be, I am safe and secure in my body and on this planet. And there's other ones you can do too, but that's kind of like the basic one I go to often. Love that. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. So I'll try to go through the other ones faster. Cause I could, this could <laughs> I love this. so good. So the next one is our sacral chakra and it's located in the lower belly. And, and so think of like your womb. So this is our, like I, what I like to call our divine feminine center because mm-hmm. it's, you know, really the birthplace, not only of where we birth humans, cause it governs our reproductive system, but also where we birth ideas out into the world. So it's our center of connection with our creativity, which is so perfect for this podcast. It's also our connection to our emotions. So our emotional intelligence, being able to feel process and release our emotions in a healthy, balanced manner. The element for this one is water. So just think of like movement and flow and, and just going with the flow. So when you're out of balance here, you might either numb or be overly reactive with your emotions. You might feel disconnected from your creativity. You might feel rigid in your beliefs and how you go about the world, like not in flow at all, just kind of like, you know, I'm doing the robot right now, but, (laughs) um, Oh, and of course, this one is also our center of sexuality and sensuality. So when we're in balance, we're living life sensually. And that's not just like, a sexual thing. It's like just feeling the juiciness of every aspect of life. Right. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, when we're out of balance, we might numb or be overly reactive with our emotions. We might be rigid. We might feel really disconnected from our creativity. We might be lacking in sexual energy or sexually addictive. And then the big shadow one for this one is guilt. So, you know, if you think of guilt, it's very much often a female kind of emotion, right? Mm-hmm. At least from what, my, what I've experienced with working with women and myself, I was also raised Catholic. So I always like to joke that that's kind of <laughs> embedded in me. So yeah, that's kind of like, they all have like a specific shadow that mm-hmm. you can see. So the root is fear. The sacral chakra is guilt, but then they have all these other aspects that can kind of show you where you're out of balance. So to come back into balance with this one, think of like, right, the elements water. So taking a bath, going for a swim, immersing yourself in water, dancing, moving. If you think of like a yoga practice, that's really good for the sacral chakra vinyasa, because vinyasa is really like you flow and it's creative and all of that. And, and yeah, just doing anything that sparks your creativity, whatever that is to you. And that could be something that more common that we would think of like drawing or painting, or it could be literally, you know, if you're a lawyer writing out a litigation or something, cause that can be creative to people, you know, totally. creativity is unique to all of us. And I'm sure everybody listening to this already understands that because of you, but <laughs> yeah, those are kind of the main ways. Oh, also for food, it's like think orange, orange food. So like oranges or watery, juicy fruits and that sort of a thing. Ooh, I love that so much. Yeah. Oh yeah. And for all of them, you can do color therapy as well. So red is the root chakra. Orange is the sacral chakra. So just like, if you feel like you're out of balance here, wear orange or, you know, 
paint a wall orange in your house. If you really want to go crazy, I don't know, wear a bracelet that's orange, you know, so you can do color therapy for all of them and, and just have that color kind of, you know, soak into you. And I find it's really funny. I don't do this on purpose, but I seem to have a, a different chakra that I'm like super into every year or two. Oh. And last year I was so into the sacral and I was wearing orange a lot. <laughs> and wow. the year before that I was really into the heart. So I was wearing green a lot. And then right now I'm, I blue is calling me a lot. So that's the throat chakra. So it's just kind of funny how, how hey. that happens. Yeah. <laughs> like you're, you're naturally drawn to maybe what you want to empower a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. What I'm like working on, even if, even totally. it's not even like this conscious thing at this point, it's just, you know, I think my, and my body and my mind and my energy are used to doing that now. So it's just like, cool, I'm going to do this and surround myself with it. And that's my focus of the year. And it's kind of, cool. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. It'd be cool for people listening to like, if they're attracted, they're naturally attract, keep attracting to a certain color then to see what chakra that relates to. And maybe that's like, you know, your energy telling you either that's something you're focusing on or like you're bringing more of into your life. Yeah. 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 Look at that, you guys. Oh, and this one develops from the time we're like a year, year and a half old to about two, two and a half, three years old. So they kind of overlap as they develop. So something important with that is just to, you know, we've all heard of inner child healing, right? So think back to that time in your childhood, what was going on with your parents? What were you surrounded by? What were you taking in as this small child? Obviously for most of us, we can't really remember what was going on at that age, but to go have a conversation with your guardians and ask, like I have, it's been cool. I've had a conversation with my mom where I've been like, what exactly happened at this time? Because my memory is different than what you know, she says happened. Yeah. And then of course I can't remember what was going on when I was in her womb. Like, was she, <laughs> anxious? Was she stressed out? Was she calm? Was she grounded? Like, it's so interesting to, to go back if you can and kind of have those conversations and mm. see what kind of matches up, you know? Yeah, totally. And see, and like, so, you know, if you're in balance, it's not a bad thing. And like that imbalance can come from anywhere that could come from maybe when it was being developed, that could, that could come from maybe even a past life, or that could come from just the way you might be living life today. But that's a really interesting thing to note too, that it's like, you know, it might not be you, you like you couldn't have prevented that. That's just, you know, how things were. And those are the lessons that you need to learn. Exactly. And yeah. And like you said, it, it can get out of balance when we're developing, but it can also get out of balance. Now, the thing with the, you know, how it can get out of balance when we're developing is that I find that for me, it's been like this. And for all of my clients, it's been like this. We all have like at least a, a couple that were like, Ooh, that one's been a struggle my whole life. Mm. So, so to look back and and see, and again, it can be a past life. It doesn't necessarily, it can even be ancestral stuff. Yeah. But to look back and then maybe be able to be like, oh, that makes sense. Why that's that way. That's very healing within itself. Totally. Just to like have this understanding and it kind of takes away the shame of why am I, why do I struggle with this? Right. Hmm. It's like, oh, that, that makes sense. And, you know, remembering that the whole point of this human experience is to learn and to grow and evolve. So the struggles are good. Yeah. <laughs> they're, yeah. they're helping it, but yeah. And a good affirmation that I like for this one is I flow like water. Cause this one, that just reminds me to like flow and, and be at ease and just mm -hmm. go with it. And oh, just, you know, stop I, feel holding that. I love it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So the next ones are sick are our solar plexus and it's located within our upper belly. The element is fire. The color is yellow. And this is our center of personal power. So we're our center of self-worth, courage, the will and the self-discipline to go after what is calling us to take inspired action towards our goals and our dreams. So when we're out of balance here, we might feel like we have low self-worth. This one was a huge one for me when I was starting out with all of this and still comes up sometimes, you know, of course. But if you feel like you have low self-worth, lacking confidence. If you find that you procrastinate a lot, that's a, that's a big one for this one. Because the thing with procrastination is if we're procrastinating on something that we know is going to move us forward towards what we're trying to call in, 
then what we're doing is we're self-sabotaging pretty much because we don't really feel worthy of that thing. And this cannot, we could talk about manifestation at some point too, or maybe another conversation for another day. But, you know, when we're trying to manifest something, it's this, we have to take inspired action towards it, right? It might be calling us and the universe is going to help us to bring it into reality because that's all manifestation is something coming into reality, becoming physical in this material world. So something's calling us and we're like, I want that. And I know it's meant for my soul, whatever, but then you keep being like, oh, but I can do that later and whatever. I'm not going to send that email. I'm not going to like reach out to that person or take that course or whatever. We're just self-sabotaging because we don't feel worthy of Mm -hmm. it yet. That's typically what that is. It can also mean that something's out of alignment, Mm -hmm. but usually it's the other. So yeah, to, to spark your inner fire, you can do something sweaty, do core work, go for a run, eat hot foods. And that's more if it's kind of slow. So those are the qualities I just mentioned on the other end of the spectrum, which we see less, but we can all think of people in the world who are like this. It's like egotistical and overly driven and dominating and controlling and all of that. That's like an excessive solar plexus, which you don't see quite as much, but but those people are out there for sure. So, so typically if we're feeling like we're lacking in the energy there and our, we need to step into our personal power, like I said, sweating, moving, eating spicy foods, like citrusy oils are really good. The good affirmation for this one would be, you know, I, I stand in my power or I show up powerfully in all that I do. I am worthy. Those are all good ones. And yeah, so this one develops like age three to four to five years old. So in that like later little child, like toddler to small child area. Mm. So those first three are our most material earthly chakras. And then we get to the heart, which is, you know, located at the center of the heart. I'm not to the left, (laughs) but right at the center of the heart. And oh, what I did leave out for the solar plexus, it governs our digestive system. So if you have digestive issues, that can be a physical sign that something's out of balance here. So going back to the heart, our heart is located at the center of our heart. The color is green. The element is air. And this is our center of unconditional love, acceptance, compassion, forgiveness, and relationship with ourself. Mm -hmm. And with all other living beings, not just humans. But I always like to say, and we've all heard, can't truly love someone until you love yourself. (laughs) It's true though. Because of course you can love other people if you don't fully love yourself and accept yourself for all that you are, strengths and struggles and all of that. But it's hard to show up fully if you're internally battling with yourself inside, not accepting yourself, not showing yourself love and actually, and there's a difference between self-care and self-love and unconditional love, right? Unconditional love is just this state of being where you've accepted yourself and you put your, you like have boundaries and you stand in those boundaries because you know that you are important, Mm. right? And self-care is doing those little practices to kind of treat yourself and feel good and all of that, right? And self-love is maybe doing little things to show yourself love, but having unconditional love for yourself is just, it's this deep state of being that can be really hard to get to. And what it really takes is self-acceptance and it takes forgiveness to ourselves for, you know, we all mess up. We all do things we're not proud of. So when we hold on to resentment towards ourselves, it makes it hard to have that unconditional love. So that's super important, but also having that with others. And then when we're balanced here, we can give and receive love freely, but with the right boundaries set up. Mm. So when we're out of balance here, typically we see two things. We'll either see someone having really poor boundaries, feeling like people are walking all over them, feeling burnt out and drained and exhausted and just like they're doing things that they don't want to do all the time. And on the other end of the spectrum, loneliness. So, you know, we've all been hurt. And sometimes depending on how deep the hurt is, we build walls up around our heart. So if we do that, that's, that's kind of more of a blocked slow heart chakra versus the boundaries are too open of a heart chakra, too much energy. So with the loneliness piece, right? It's like, you can be in a room full of your friends and family and still feel lonely because you're not letting yourself be vulnerable. 
best. You're not letting yourself actually deeply connect with people. And then the shadow for this one is grief. So with grief, you know, a lot of times we think of grief as, you know, when someone we love or really care about passes away, transitions to the next phase of existence. But with grief, we can truly like experience grief with anything in life, right? If we we experience a change of any type, we can experience grief, but we don't often acknowledge that as an emotion that is even there, you know, like mm-hmm. say, I, I, I told you I'm moving soon. I can experience grief from my apartment that I loved so much and the neighborhood that I live in and all of that. And you can experience grief for those bigger things as well. So that's, that's something to kind of look at as well for this one. To bring this one into balance, it's really about, you know, connection, right? So I talked about going out in nature for the root chakra, go out in nature for your heart chakra and just breathe and just feel your heart opening and connecting with all the life that's around you, right? Giving somebody a hug is a really great way to balance your heart chakra. Haponopono, it's a forgiveness meditation. It uses four phrases. I'm sorry, please forgive me. Thank you. I love you. And you can do it towards yourself. You can do it towards someone who's hurt you. You can do it to the world and apologize for, you know, we've all hurt the world in ways that we don't even realize because every thought word action has a, has an impact, has a karmic impact. But I would say that, you know, being in nature, immersing yourself in the color green is just probably one of the most heart opening things that you can do. Also, you know, and this goes back to the sacral chakra as well, journaling, getting, getting your grief, your loneliness out on paper. If you feel like you have poor boundaries, sit down and write a list of the boundaries that you're going to set for yourself and you're going to set for others and start to practice standing in those boundaries. So yeah, that's the heart chakra. Wow. And I say an affirmation. Oh, yes. A a really basic one is I give and receive love freely. Mm. My heart is open to give and receive love freely. If you feel like your heart is closed off, I love myself unconditionally. I love and accept myself unconditionally. I think that could be a really powerful one for a lot of people. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for reminding me. (laughs) Okay. So again, that's kind of the bridge between the earthly and the ethereal chakras. Now we get to the first ethereal chakra, which is our throat chakra. And uh, the color is sky blue and it, it, governs our throat, our neck, our jaw, our mouth, everything within that area, our vocal cords, all of that. And this is our center of communication. So I, you know, this is like the easiest one for me to describe at this point. When we're in balance here, we speak our authentic truth with confidence, clarity, and compassion. Mm. So, I mean, just kind of rewinding, right? If we think of these lower chakras, if these aren't kind of connected with in some way, shape or form, it's going to be really hard to speak our authentic truth with confidence, clarity, and compassion. Mm -hmm. If we don't feel safe and secure our root chakra, right? We're going to be living on high alert. We're going to be in that fight or flight state. So we're not going to be able to connect with our creativity. We're not going to be able to connect of the sacral chakra. We're not going to be able to connect with our joy, our pleasure, and ultimately our purpose. So that's our authentic truth. We can't speak it if we don't know what it is. And then we can't confidently speak it if we're not empowered. That's our solar plexus, right? And then if we don't like love ourselves and accept ourselves and kind of release the fear of like people judging us, we're also not going to speak it. So that's kind of why they're, they're all important and they all play off of one another. Right. So when we're out of balance here, we might struggle to speak up for ourselves. We might have a fear of public speaking and we might just not be able to form words and speak our truth in this like clear, concise way. It might be really jumbled or we ramble a lot and all of that, which we all do at some point or another. (laughs) On the other end of the spectrum, we might gossip or have trouble listening and talk over people. And it's right. It's all about balance. So you want to be able to speak your truth, but also be able to hear what other people have to say Mm -hmm. and, and take in other people's opinions and all of that. So So the best ways we can balance this one are practicing speaking our truth, right? Just Mm. practicing speaking up for ourselves, especially think of those boundaries, right? If we have to set boundaries and we're not used to doing it, it's going to be hard to do it. So just practice like little bits at a time. Also, you know, just singing. 
I remember there was this time in my life where I felt very disconnected from my voice and my truth. And it was really hard for me. I wouldn't even sing in the car when I was alone, which was really weird because as a child, I took singing lessons. I loved to sing. And there was this period of time where I just would like, I couldn't use my voice, you know? Wow. And, and now obviously I can, here I am going on and on. <laughs> I know. Well, I was going to say podcasting is such a great, I mean that like that helped me heal my relationship with my voice and speaking my truth. And I'm sure you probably experienced that too, with having your own podcast. Totally. And yeah, it's uncomfortable at first and scary. And you got to just like, kind of say, can I curse on here? Fuck it. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> say fuck it and just go for it. And again, like I, I always say, if people are sitting there judging you, then they're not busy enough, you know, I'm not <laughs> yeah. sitting there looking for people to judge. And, and sometimes we hear things and they trigger us. And, but that's again, when we're triggered, it's not really the other person. It's something that we need to work through on the inside. So, mm-hmm. so just start practicing using your voice, sing podcast. If you want to, you know, sign up for something that's going to make you use your voice. Like I do women's group programs and I have everybody talk on the calls every week, not a ton, but everyone shares like what they're going through and they get that connection of the heart chakra, but then they get used to using their voice. And it's cool to see the stuff that people share over time and how they get more comfortable and all of that. So just challenge yourself to start to do that and then challenge yourself to mindfully listen to people. You know, if you find yourself wanting to interrupt, or if you find yourself starting to gossip, stop yourself in those moments and allow yourself to come back and just take a breath and then, you know, redirect. So that a good affirmation for this one is I speak my authentic truth with confidence, clarity, and compassion. You can shorten it if you want. Oh, you I yeah. I love that one. Yeah. Yeah. And I I'll repeat that to myself if I'm nervous for something or, you know, and just ask for whatever needs to come through to come through. And it takes pressure off too. And we'll kind of get up to that in just a second. Okay. We have two more. (laughs) (laughs) Two more. (laughs) Oh, and, and the element for the upper three Mm -hmm. is ether or space, but they all have like a secondary element as well. And I'd like to recommend this book called wheels of life by Anna Dea Judith. If anyone's really loving this, it's kind of like my chakra Bible. And, and she gives tons of great practices in this as well, but she gives secondary elements for these. And so sound is the throat chakra. So I think sound, we're emitting sound, we're hearing sound, all of that. The sixth chakra is located at the center of the forehead and it's our third eye chakra, mm-hmm. Ajna, and the color is indigo. So think like a deep purple blue sky. And this is our center of intuition you know, connection to our inner knowing, our gut feelings. The element for this one is light. So it's also like our center of inner vision. And and the interesting about this one is it's related physically to our pineal gland, which produces melatonin. So it's interesting. So you think the element is light, the pineal gland, it produces melatonin, which helps us to sleep. Blue light directly affects our pineal gland and makes it hard for us to sleep because it, it basically disrupts melatonin production. So it's interesting because there's that light, that light, you know, correlation. Yeah. But when we're out of balance here, we might have trouble trusting ourselves. We don't trust our decisions. So we have trouble making decisions big or small. We might lack a clear vision of what we want in our lives. And it's really cool because I've seen a lot of people that I work with come in not knowing really what they want. And it's because they're kind of disconnected from ourselves. We live in this very noisy world. So unless we actually have practices like what you do, like connecting to your creativity, quieting that external noise and just coming inward with yourself and your creativity and all of that, you're not going to really know exactly what you want. So once you start integrating these practices like journaling, meditation, movement, all of that, that's when you can really connect with your intuition and start to get clear on what it is that you actually want, not what society is telling you you should want. So great ways to you know, connect with your intuition and balance your third eye chakra, meditate. Meditate, 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 journal, 
stream of conscious journaling, just writing down what comes up. And then a really like tangible practice. That's really fun that you can do is just start playing with using your intuition throughout your day. So it's like you're at a restaurant, you're ordering off a menu, scan the menu once pick, trust yourself and go from there. Like don't doubt yourself, you know, or when you're picking like teas out of your cabinet, like put them all out on the shelf and then pick one and whatever your intuition calls you first. So using Oracle cards or anything like that, you know, just play with it in these little moments so that when big stuff comes up, you've really like fostered that connection with your intuition and you trust yourself and you know that, you know, even if it doesn't make sense, it's right. Mm. There's a lot of times those big changes we need to make in our lives that what we need to do won't make sense, especially if we're switching from shutting on ourselves all the time to like actually listening to our soul and what our soul wants us to do. It's not going to make a lot of sense, you know? Mm. So, so just practice trusting yourself. And then, oh, affirmation for this one would be, I allow my intuition to guide me on the path to my highest involvement, or Mm. just, I trust my intuition. I Mm. trust myself. So our last one's our crown chakra. And like I mentioned earlier, it's located atop the crown of the head and it's our center of connection to the divine. So whatever that means to you can be source energy, the universe, God, whatever you want it to be, just, you know, something greater than yourself. And it's also our connection of oneness. So, you know, if we all come from the same source energy, we are all one. Like we're not all, we're not just all one with other humans. We're one with all other living things on this planet and in the universe, which we don't even know what's out there fully, you know? And what I love about this is, you know, okay. If we are connected to the divine and the divine has infinite wisdom, right. And we're connected to all other living things. Technically we are, we are divine beings. We have this like infinite well of wisdom available to us at all times. And That's why meditation again is the most powerful tool for this one, because when you can go in and connect with yourself and connect with support from, you know, whether you believe in angels or spirit guides, or just again, the universe, you always have this infinite well of wisdom within you. Like we technically don't need to go ask anyone for advice. In fact, I challenge you to try to stop asking people for advice and go inward with yourself, you know, unless it's something specific that you're like, okay, I want to learn from this and take this course or this program or whatever. You know, if you're having a fight with your boyfriend, like take a moment and go in and, and really connect with yourself and, and breathe and let everything settle down and then see what comes up, you know, because we are very, very intelligent beings. We just have so much crap going on around us at all times. So yeah. So just go in, connect with yourself. Again, journaling is really powerful. Just writing out whatever comes to mind and seeing what comes up for you. Yeah. And then the color for this one is white typically is what you'll see or violet. So, you know, crystals for this one, I have like this big selenite right here. So this is a big one for it. Quartz, amethyst. I know I didn't say them for the other ones, but they'll be on that sheet that I send you so people can see it. Cool. And my favorite affirmation for this one, <laughs> I am a divine being. Oh, I, I am a divine being. Oh my yeah. gosh. And like, how powerful do you feel when you say totally. that? Yeah, I am a divine being. Using that throat too, I can feel kind of that connection of like, I mean, like you said, the mantra is so powerful for all of these because mm-hmm. it is really sharing that like vibration and truth, mm-hmm. which can be hard to do, but like, Yeah. Just, just that mantra aspect is so cool. I love it. Yeah. And, and really quickly, just the science of how mantra like and positive affirmations actually like works with your brain. We have neural pathways, right? So if I've been telling myself this story, my whole life that I have to be perfect to be lovable, that's a neural pathway. So the, the neurons in my brain have fired on that belief so many times and it's created this well-worn road in my mind, right? So when I start repeating an affirmation, that's the opposite. Like I don't have to be perfect. 
like, or perfectionism doesn't serve me. And I repeat that over and over and over again. I veer off that well-worn road and I create a new road that tells me I don't have to be perfect. So that tells me I am worthy and I am lovable even when things aren't perfect, right? And so it creates an actual new neural pathway in your brain, which then your brain automatically goes to rather than that old, not healthy limiting belief. So it's really cool. There's science that backs all of this up. So that's why it works. You know, it's, it's not just woo woo. It's actually like, it's real. Totally. It's like (laughs) energetics. You know, you can talk about like just because we can't see it physically doesn't mean that it's not happening, but I love that you bring in the science aspect too. Cause I think a lot of maybe skeptical people can think like, Oh, you know, okay. What am, what am I, I'm a divine being great. Like, but no, I feel like there's so much power behind that. So just, wow, I'm feeling so like, Oh, you just gave me a masterclass. And I just feel like, first of all, you're just so good at how you teach and what you share. You're, you're so clear. You're so concise. You're so like, just it's the, it's the best way I've heard it explained. And I've, you know, known about these systems for like years and years and years, but I found new information in what you were sharing. And so I'm just oh like, God, thank you. Bowing <laughs> down to you. Thank you. I know that I learned a lot. I know everyone listening definitely like learned so much. And I think such like, I love the tangible examples you give of like ways that you can just relate it back to your own life. And, and cause I mean, we can all relate to like how moments that were, we were out of alignment with a certain chakra, or maybe like, like you said, there's always that one or two that maybe we always deal with when that always comes up. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can think of like so many different examples in my own life of like, Oh yeah, I was scared of speaking my truth. And so that's, you know, that was my third chakra. Now I know how to work with that rather than kind of like feeling that this is my fault or, you know, something like that. Yeah. And yeah, like, it's so cool to look back and be like, oh, I was struggling with that at that time, but I'm not now. So that's super empowering, you know? And then we can also be like, okay, I've struggled with that one a lot throughout my life. And maybe I need to look deeper and do some healing for this and, and really focus on it so I can move forward in my life and not continue to struggle with this for the rest of my life, you know, totally. so there's so much you can do with it. So I'm, I'm glad you enjoyed hearing about them. I oh, love talking good. about them. Oh my gosh. You're amazing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I know as we're like beginning to wrap up and I'm sure, you know, people can look at the, the sheet that we'll put in the show notes and the meditation, but I want to touch just briefly on like your retreats. Cause I know you have some exciting things coming up and, you know, as people want to connect with you, how can they connect with you? where, you know, what, tell us a little bit more about your retreats. Yeah. Thank you for asking. So I have a retreat in Bali. This will be my third time going back. I I did a retreat in Bali in 2019. So it felt very full circle. And that was my first like women's only retreat. And that's when I was, it was just so magical. And I was like, this is, I'm just going to work with women and do these like women community things because when we come together as women, it's so, so powerful. And there's so much space for healing within it. It's, you know, it's just the energy. I think of us coming together and opening up and being vulnerable and all of that, where we can heal and really feel empowered together. So that's what we're doing in Bali in September. So it's September 24th. It's for a week. I'm using this beautiful retreat center that I used last time. And we do yoga twice. Most days we do more of like a vinyasa type flow. And I always include a lot of breath work and meditation in my yoga practices as well. So we do those in the morning. I have some workshops and then in the evening, we always do something more restorative. So like a restorative yoga practice or a yin practice and meditation and just kind of like slow down and end the day with ease and we have, you know, different little adventures throughout like hiking and cultural experiences and all of that. And, and yeah, we do a chakras masterclass during that one. So if you want to go to Bali and do all of this and like one big, like two hour class, come join me. And then in July, so rewind a bit in July, I'm doing my next women's virtual group program. So it's kind of like a three month retreat situation and we connect every week and really focus on getting that deep connection, rewiring the parts of our brain that need, need some new neural pathways and coming together as a community. So we do like three once or three times a month, we do group calls and we have a dance party in the middle of all of them. (laughs) It's just really fun. And then I do one-on-one 
calls with them once a month as well, just to help help you really work towards your individual goals. And it's, it's really powerful. I love it. It's, it's really amazing to see how people shift in their relationships and in their careers and just feel more connected and fulfilled in that piece. And I'm really grateful to be at this point for sure. That's oh. why the creativity is flowing. <laughs> totally. Yeah. I mean, just the way you talk about it is so like, you can just, so you're see that you are so in your power. Like I said, I think at the beginning, like talking about alignment, but it's just so empowering to see that. And like, it's kind of like proof that this stuff works, you know, it's like, you really see that embodied. And so you're just beautiful. I'm like, I'm just yeah. so grateful for you and all the work that you're doing. And I know I'm going to join you at one of your retreats one day. We'll definitely make that happen. I hope so. Yeah. There will be more. I do a couple every year. So beautiful. Yeah. That'd yeah. be so, yeah. Have you come lead people in a creativity workshop and yes bring your amazing energy. It would be so oh, That would be amazing. Yeah. And so then how can people connect with you if they want to find more information about the retreats, the soul spark Academy, right. And yeah, where, where can they find you and you and your amazing podcast, which is also so amazing. Thank you. So I'm on Instagram at Kelly Collins wellness. I have a Instagram for my podcast. It's the soul spark podcast at the soul spark podcast. My website is kellycollinswellness.com. You can find information on my upcoming program, my retreats. I do events as well. Just none like in the books right now, but there will be one in January for sure. Like other stuff coming up. And my podcast is soul spark with Kelly Collins. And I also have a YouTube channel with yoga flows and meditations and stuff. And that's Kelly Collins wellness on YouTube. So it's kind of Kelly Collins wellness. Okay. Awesome. We'll put all that in the show notes, but thank you so much again. I just feel like, wow, master teacher right here. (laughs) Thank you for having me. I love connecting with you. So this was a pleasure. I hope you enjoyed that episode and thank you so much for listening. If you liked this episode, please feel free to share it with a friend and tell them what inspired you. Or if you'd be so kind, you can rate and review the podcast. And when you do, I would love to gift you my free guided writing meditation that will connect you to your creativity, yourself, and your spirituality. Just go on over to my Instagram at Leah Van Doren. That's L-E-Y-A-V-A-N-D-O-R-E-N and send me a screenshot of your review and I will send over the meditation and I would love to hear your thoughts. Stay inspired, stay creative, and keep shining your creative soul. Oh,